As soon as spring arrives, the usual exhibition of various types of fruits and flowers automatically becomes manifest. And therefore, we may conclude that spring in the past was adorned with similar fruits and flowers and will be so adorned in the future also. Our repetition of birth and death is taking place within time and according to the influence of the modes of nature we are receiving various types of bodies and being subjected to various conditions. So, first statement, our past and future are not very difficult to understand. And the reason is that time, colour, is affected by, contamination, yeah, contaminated by the three modes of material nature. So each one of us is impacted by the modes of material nature that we have associated with and by that association have acquired And a proper gives the example of spring. In fact, um, it's 
mentioned in the translation, but interestingly enough, if you look at the word for word, spring itself is not mentioned at all. Interesting. But Prabhupada continues that example in the purple. We've just, well, we perhaps haven't quite exited the spring, <coughs> but um, in, my, in our garden at home, usually in wintertime, we're struggling to find flowers, except for the lavender. There's lavender always seems to grow strong, strongly at any time of the year. Although it suffers also, actually, in the heat of summer. So the magnolias bloom, the gardenias bloom, the, the uh, chrysanthemums, the everything blooms in spring. Or certainly a lot of flowers, and so there's an abundance of flowers. And this happens every, every year. Every year the seasons change and every spring we get the, the, the processes, the usual exhibition of various types of fruits and flowers. We've planted berries at the farm, so the berries are now starting to fruit. Um, yes, which is interesting. So Prabhupada makes a point here that because spring is filled with fruits and flowers in our current experience, then we can surmise, or Prabhupada says here, conclude that springs in the past were similarly uh, endowed, or, or we had the same experience. Of course, we've, that's all borne out by our experience. Right? And so, therefore, we can assume that spring in the future will be the same because of our experience in the past. And, of course, we can expect, you know, unless something very untoward happens, Spring is generally the same. No. And so we can extend that analogy or properly extend that example to our personal experience. And that we can determine because of the ex 
experiences we have now in this lifetime. And because of the qualities and the characteristics that we exhibit in our character, in our personality. We can then appreciate what must have transpired in a previous lifetime or previous lifetimes and what will happen in the future based on what's happening in the present. Our repetition of birth and death is taking place within time. And according to the influence of the modes of nature, we get different types of bodies and subjected to the various conditions of existence, of life. You know, there's a Christian saying, as you sow, so you shall reap. So this is a very basic principle of karma. Action and reaction. And we know that from reading the, the, the scripture, the Shastra, that we come to the human form of life after many, many lifetimes. Bahujama, right? Many, many births. But we can appreciate that because of the, the uh, current circumstances, based on this principle, we can appreciate what we were doing in the previous lifetime. It's unlikely that we were animals in a previous birth. Highly unlikely. But that we were the human species. And may even have uh, taken part in devotional activities. If we perform a devotional service now, that means there's a continuation of service performed in a previous life. Quite possible. A little bit or a lot. But certainly we can appreciate that in order to take birth in the human form of life, there must have been pious activities performed. Because that's, you know, the human species is at the top of the of the eight million four hundred thousand species of life and it's a great opportunity to take advantage of a position or a, a, a situation a situation or circumstance where one can use intellect, one can use inquiry, 
We've come into uniform of life. Now's the time to inquire. What is the purpose of existence? Who am I? Why am I suffering? What is what am I really supposed to do? There's a higher levels of inquiry into the real purpose of existence. Not just uh, what is it? A hara nitram hayam matamucha eating, sleeping, making, and defending kind of uh, questions. This is the this is the question. These are the questions of the animals. This is the animal life. But in the human form of life, of course, some uh, some basic needs have to be met. So that's part of the human experience. But the, the real purpose of the human experience is to inquire into the, the, the nature of self. So if we see that tendency in, in a devotee, then we, according to this philosophy which is what I was giving, is that tendency must have been there previously also. Perhaps not perfected. Well, obviously not perfected, otherwise we wouldn't be here. So, <clears throat> When we get the opportunity to associate with the devotees, then we we're experiencing the influence of the mode of goodness. You know, automatically. What's what's you know, rising early, performing Basically, Shravana and Kirtana, right? hearing and chanting about Krishna. Well, first thing, what are we, what's the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning? What's the first thing we should do when we wake up in the morning? Offer obeisances. Offer obeisances. Yeah, I see, I guess so, yeah. Offer obeisances to your pillow. <laughs> see you later. Offer relations with the spiritual master. Yeah, but more. After that, what do you do? Chant. Hmm? Chant? Yeah. Hare Krishna. Why do I feel so bad? <laughs> what do we do? What's the first thing we do in the morning? Bait. Yes. Clean. Short jump. Cleanliness. Clean. 
This is a this is a uh, I was uh, a character in hell. I was up early one morning and I, in my car. If you want to turn on the navigation, you've got to turn on the radio. Turn on the radio, and um, the announcer was interviewing uh, interviewing people. And um, the question was, "What do you do? Always do? And what do you not do?" Right? And the person that was being interviewed said uh, one thing that I always do in the morning is uh, scrape my tongue. She <laughs> right? said, so, I know it sounds a bit gross, but this is what I always do. Right? Oh, that's interesting. That's what the Hare Krishnas do or should do. They're the first things that I was taught. And you want to clean your teeth, clean your take bath. And this is for many people. So jump, clean this. And good for your health. She said she, she learned it at a yoga retreat. Learned how to. Clean. So cleanliness is important. And of course cleanliness has, there's two factors of cleanliness, there's external. So we, we deal with the external cleanliness, but that's in preparation for the internal cleaning. Right? Because the material energy is made of Subtle and gross elements. Right. We're, we're, we're dealing with Bhumi and Abhoma and all the you know, the five gross material elements that can be perceived by the senses. But then there's the manual, the mind and the intelligence, and, and the false ego. Which are also material elements, but subtle material elements. And the subtle material elements also need purification. The mind needs purification, the intelligence needs purification. We need to be purified of the ahankara, of the false identification of the two body. Which, which will always be with us, so long as we've got a material body. We'll, we'll, so long as we have this, we'll always identify with this particular body as the self, which is valid. But the, the Vaishnavas, or the advanced, 
transcendentalists are able to also, through the purification of the subtle and the gross elements, perceive the nature, the, the real nature of the self, separate from the material body. Right? The sense of self. But self separate from this gross and proper mentality. We're influenced by the time factor. We're influenced by time. But simultaneously, and, and so we're, we're, we're experiencing the, the change in body. Right? The change of body. But our sense of self remains the same. But the body is always changing. Mahat was putting his hand up as an example of the changing bodies. Senses are also changing. Our eyesight is changing, hearing is changing. Yes. Since the Everything is changing, that's right. I was, I was talking to one of my friends the other week, I had to think for a while, and um, he's not the young man that I used to know. <laughs> he's got a lot more wrinkles and grey hairs. And But the sense of self, the identity of, of self, remains the same. But we don't think of ourselves as being a different person. So this is a bit of a, this, this is a quandary, it's a challenge, it's a dilemma, a conundrum. You know, well, I don't feel different, but then I do feel different. Right? So this confusion of identifying with the self as the body or the self as the, the uh, in the thirteenth chapter of Bhagavad this is clearly explained. The uh, Arjuna asks Krishna, who is the knower? Or what is the field of activity, first of all? Chetra, what is the field of activity activity? And who is or what is the Chetrajya, the knower of the field? Right? Who is the knower of the field? And then Krishna explains the, what the, the, the field is made up of the material energy in the body. And the knower is, well, two knowers. There's the, the the Atma or the Jivatma and the Paramatma. And the Jivatma is the knowledge of this body. And you know, we can know something of what is beyond. But then there's the Paramatma who knows everything, all fields, and what's going on everywhere, which is hard to. You know, hard for us to tell. We can appreciate that uh, somebody could know themselves and outside of themselves, but 
This is why Krishna is inconceivable. Because according to our experience, we don't know anybody who knows anything. That's mind-boggling. So this is this is the purpose of the of the human form is to inquire as to the nature of the self. And of course why we why we have literature like the Bhagavad Gita. Because it clearly explains and why the Bhagavad Gita is such a a uh, is so revered in Vedic culture because it, it, it's, it gives the basic information clearly presented systematically so that we can understand the, the influences that make us who we are now. Why we have the human form of life. Because in the past we had a human form of life. And we got the opportunity to develop, especially for the devotees, got an opportunity to associate with the devotees effectively. That's really the benefit that we got in a previous lifetime. Papa mentions in it, well, Rupert Goswami explains that devotional service is a continuation. And Prabhupada Krishna mentions in the Bhagavad Gita, Nihari Brahmana Sosti Pratyavayana Vijite. They're just a little Swabhama Yasya Dharma just a little bit of pious activity will carry on into the next life. Even well, material pious activity. Well, we're just, yeah. So, you know, um, if we want to know what we're doing in our we can't know the details. Because right? Krishna also says, you know, many, many birds. Bahuni Many, many birds both you and I have experienced. And Krishna being the Paramatma says, I can remember all of them. But you cannot. So, so you know, uh, how many of us can remember what we were doing in our past lives? <laughs> we can't. We get an indication because of what's been stated here in the Bhagavad Gita. Not much different to what we're doing now. Or, or, And it may not be very different in the future. Although we can, in the human form of life, we can get the opportunity to change our destination. So one of the most important instructions in the Bible is if you remember me, Krishna says, you won't take birth again. Right? If we do take birth again, good chance in a human form of life. Good chance. Highly likely. 
And then we'll be given an opportunity because that mentioned, as I mentioned, the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. But his principles are, are there, they're given. So this is, we shouldn't be surprised by this, this example here. We'll get an opportunity to take birth. And, uh, you know, this is this is why I recommend make friends with the kids because they could be your parents next lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look after your children. And that's not such a silly thing because you were associated with the devotees, we get an opportunity to associate with the devotees. That's a given, actually. That's a given. And an opportunity to perfect. Because we have that opportunity now, so we should take advantage of it. of birth and death is taking place within time and according to the influence of the modes of nature we are receiving various types of bodies and being subjected to various conditions so there's no loss no loss or diminution of the practice of bhakti But we shouldn't think, oh, oh, I'll take birth again and I'll surrender again. Better off surrendering now. We shouldn't rest on our lives thinking, oh, I can just take it easy and enjoy later on. You may not also with that kind of mentality. So again, now this purification, the human form gives us an opportunity for the purification of the, the gross and the subtle, and that's where most of our work takes place. On the, on the subtle, and why we chant Hare, why we chant Hare Krishna primarily? Because that's the, that's the purification of the, of the uh, deeper conditioning on the subtle level, where we're attached to the enjoyment of the material uh, facility. And, and we're taught, pretty much, we're taught. We don't reject these things. But rather, we sublimate the attachment to material by engaging it in uh, spiritual or, or positive activities and activities on that on the not on the subtle level or the subtle is involved but on the purely spiritual platform and so uh, uh, we are taught that we can take 
the material. Because ultimately, all of the energy is coming from Krishna. Right? All energy, material or spiritual, is coming from Krishna. So actually, it has a spiritual source. And when it's used for spiritual purposes, the example that Prabhupada gives is of the, of the iron bar. If you get an iron bar and stick it in fire, and then heat it up and heat it up and heat it up, then the iron bar can, by its association with fire, become as good as fire. So when you touch something with the iron bar, it burns. Right. So it's acting like fire. So if we learn the art, we must have been trying to learn that art in previous lives. That's what we're trying to do in this life. It's a characteristic, a trait, if you like. Not everybody has it. But as a result of our suffering, this is, this is Rupa Goswami's first question to Lord Chaitanya. You know, first of all, who am I? Why am I suffering? Because, you know, we all pursue activities to have fun. Right? We don't do things to deliberately cause suffering to ourselves. Usually. But still, we do things and we have to suffer the consequences. On this side, I made a mistake and I got into the wrong lane, turning right into City Road off of the Ferraz Street. And if you do that, then you have to turn left at the next. I was going into the city, if I followed my usual route, because it was peak hour, or close to peak hour traffic, I would have got there in a reasonable amount of time, but I took that left turn and I ended up snaffled up in traffic. Ugh. Huh? And then you're stuck. Yeah. One little mistake and then you're stuck. And you can't get out. Yeah, this is material life. Make a mistake and then suffer the consequences. <laughs> this is why I suck some of the child, give up bad association because bad association you will suffer. Yeah? Make the wrong decisions. So human form of life is about making the right kind of decisions. That means uh, inquiry. What is the proper way to act? How do I act in such a way so that I can have a, a, a proper understanding of things and able to use things in, a, in the right context, the right purpose? Which is, we, we use, we don't reject the material facility. You can't. It's part of our nature that we are like we are because of this example here. We are like we are because that's who we are. That's the experience that we've had. You can't artificially just give it up. And this is 
Krishna's point to Arjuna. And so therefore, Rupa Goswami recommends that proper renunciation is using what we've got for spiritual benefit. We don't renounce or, or artificially renounce something that we, you know, we're stuck with who we are. And we have to get used to ourselves. We cannot. The attachments that I have now are the attachments I had I brought from my previous birth. You know, when, you, when we're young, children, we don't, you know, we value children because of their innocence. Although actually, nobody's innocent, really. Because get to 16, 17, you know, ask the parents. 18, 19, 20, you know, then a little monster comes out. <laughs> Although, I'm sure they're good children, not monsters. Right? And they have good qualities because they're born of uh, parents of good quality. But the remembrance of material desires comes back. Uh, this is more as this is what's happening. As we grow up, we remember our past condition, our past conditioning makes its impact and that forces us to act. Right? This is why this is an interesting verse to meditate on. Why am I like I am now? Why am I who I am in, you know, from a material condition point of view? It's because that's what we, these are the desires, these are the activities that we left from our previous birth. But the reason why the human form of life is so important, and also, you know, this same principle we can apply, there's the, there's the inquiry, atato brahma jityasa. Now I've got the human form of life. Let me inquire about what I should do. Let me take, you know, I want to enjoy. I want to enjoy, but why am I suffering? Um, and of course, this is given in the Bhagavad Gita. The right kind of mentality is recommended in the Bhagavad Gita. How to use the material so that we enjoy. And of course, real enjoyment is not on a material platform. This is one of the messages of the Bhagavad Gita. But what is Adhyanta Ranta Kuttaya Nante Shu Ramate Buddha Yehi Samsparsajaraboga. You know, the interaction of the senses with the objects of the senses is not real enjoyment. Or it is enjoyment, yes, but it comes also with suffering. You may have noticed. You may have noticed. <clears throat> fair bit of suffering, along with a fair bit of enjoyment too. You know, this can't say there's no enjoyment in life, because there is. There's, there's that same, is it? Variety is the spice of life. You have to have some suffering, otherwise you can't appreciate the enjoyment. Huh? 
We can't appreciate the enjoyment without some pain. Yeah. What is it? No pain, no gain. But what we learn is in in our yoga, you know, yoga is meant to link us with the with our real purpose, with the the supreme, to unite, to be united with uh, God, effectively. You know, we have we have the word we have the, the word yoke. Yukta, yoga, yukta, So the yoga practice is to link us up with with the with the practice, with the purpose, with the real purpose of the uniform. And it's and according to the it, it's not enjoying the material facility. That will come. We've got the uniform of life. And, and, you know, for those of us who are living in Melbourne, Australia, or Victoria, mm-hmm. we're okay. Right? Anybody here really suffering badly? You wouldn't be here probably if you were. We're okay. We're doing okay. <coughs> Especially if we have the opportunity here in Bhagavatam, here to China and which is what's Recommended because through the purification of, of chanting, we're then able to see things very clearly. And refine our inner or our finer
demonstrate to, to, to show others, I am a servant of Krishna, is what it means. Uh, and uh, change, you know, we, we get out of our, Prabhupada says, pants and coat. Pants and coat. Right? We get out of our pants and coat and we get into our pajamas. Oh, I don't know. And sorry. And Prabhupada wanted us to change, he probably wanted to change our consciousness. Right. And so, you know, this is why we put on these, what we call devotional attire, to change consciousness. It's an external thing. Yes, it's an external thing. Right? But, it also impacts the internal. Right? We go to the temple, we pray, we chant. This is all purifying the internal and giving us a perspective where we see the external not as a facility for us to enjoy, but rather we see it in its proper context. We see it that this is this is the material energy, even the body that I have. That I've been awarded isn't really mine. You know, that ultimately everything comes from Krishna. Um, so much of all, my Tarasanam provided the Iti Matta, the Tanti Mam. Without Vasana. Without Vasana. Yes. Buddha Bhava, so much of Sanamita. Yeah. So, everything Krishna says, everything comes from me. Whereas, you know, in, in an illusion state, you think everything comes from me. Right? And so therefore I can enjoy it. Right? So, uh, it is interesting. You know, there are those who say, we can wear our coat and pants. You know, it's, it depends on consciousness. If I'm in the right consciousness, it doesn't really matter what I wear. Well, yes, true. That's, that is true. But, but, we, we take on the dress of a Vaishnava, like I mentioned in the Nectar Devotion. When I see my disciples with Dila and wearing, they look like they've come from Vaikuntha. See, then people say, oh, this donkey, you know, it's, it's only a material thing, it doesn't matter. But, you know, if we hear, if we read the descriptions of what Lord Vishnu looks like, he's not wearing a boss suit. <laughs> Is he? What's he wearing? What's, in the Bible time, in the description of Lord Vishnu, what is he wearing? A donkey. What colour is it? Yellow. Yellow. Yeah. So, you know, why do we wear a donkey? Or a sorry, or whatever. Why? Because this is, a, this is the attire that's worn in the spiritual world. That is what Prabhupada wanted us to wear. He didn't want us to bring our shirt and coat and pants <laughs> and shirt 
in the spiritual world because it's kind of a symbol of a, of a culture and a kind of mentality. Of course, when a devotee wears either any kind of body, then he automatically, automatically transforms it into spiritual attire. But you know, if, if, we're, if we're going to dress like the residents of if we, you know, assuming that we perfect our spiritual activities, right? That means, according to this, spring now is spring in the future, right? So if we're wearing dhoti and kurta now, then we'll be wearing dhoti and kurta in the future, especially in the spiritual world, because that's the, you know, maybe not the you don't hear, you know, Lord Vishnu is described as wearing a kurta from Lord Bazaar. <laughs> he, he's like, he has a chatter and other bangles and other decorations. And so there's some concession for the, you know, actually for the, for the cooler climates, really. You know, because in a warmer climate, what we wear, you wear a donkey and a chatter. And a, you know, just a, a rat. But that's the devotional, you know, that's the devotional attire. So we embrace that. Using the facility that we're given. And the, with the idea of purifying the consciousness, changing the mentality from one of let me enjoy the material, you know, uh, what is it? I am the controller of the enjoyer. To Dasso's you know, I am the servant. That's the real benefit of the human form of life. And the opportunity to associate with the devotees, the opportunity to, the real, you know, want to leverage the investment that we've made in this form of existence, then it's to use it for the purification of consciousness. The pure, and, and change our mentality from trying to enjoy everything to being a servant, which is our natural dharma. Right? Because we have the words here, well, dharma adharma nidarshanam. Right? We want to reawaken our Dharma, which is our natural quality. And the natural quality of living entity is to serve. We serve. <clears throat> we serve the mind, we serve the senses, we serve the tongue, we serve the belly. We're pushed. We're, we're always a servant. But we want to purify that mood of service so that it is focused on the right. Um, that is to serve Krishna. That's our original identity outside of this contamination of the material energy. So, um, Rupa Goswami encourages us, yes, use the facilities. Don't reject those facilities that can be used for positive purposes. 
and, and, and in making spiritual advancement. And if necessary, change. You know, change. Prior to being devotees, we woke up at you know, 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but now we're devotees, we rise early in the morning. And chant Hare Krishna, you know, use that time. Human form of life is a great opportunity. Then, if we're engaged in those activities now, we will engage in those activities in the future. According to this, this is the philosophy. What's our future going to be? Our future will be, <clears throat> if we're not in the spiritual world, because the activities that we're performing here are the same as the activities performed in the spiritual world. Worshipping Krishna, associating with the devotees, chanting Hare Krishna, all of these activities will yeah. effectively this, this, the same purpose, the same intent. If you want to know what you'll be doing in the future, chanting Hare Krishna, preaching, hopefully, or if very fortunate, uh, elevated to the spiritual world. The interesting thing for the Gordian Vaishnavas is that we uh, get to elevation to two, two domains. There's, uh, uh, there's Goloka with Radha and Krishna and uh, Nabhadrim down with Lord Chaitanya Sankatan Bhai. Two forms of liberation. And of course the Sankatan Bhai is meant for liberating others. Uh, you know, it's mentioned that the, the six Goswamis were Gopi Baba. They were in the mood of Gopi Baba. Now what does that mean? What does Gopi Bhava mean? Anybody got any ideas? What's Gopi Bhava? Unmotivated. Ah? Unmotivated devotions. Oh yeah, good. Unmotivated. Yeah, Rasa? Oh, Radharani is famous for bringing others to Krishna. Yeah. Being, seeing that others are cared for and looked after. They work for the benefit of others. Right? To please the and, and, and you see that in the description of the Goswamis. Nana Shastra Vicharanaika Nipano Sadharma Samstapako. They study the Shastra with the aim of establishing religious principles for the benefit of everyone. Hita Karana, Kibuwele, all over the three worlds. Krishna, Kirtanagana, Tanaparo. They were always um, engaged in glorifying Radha and Krishna. In, in performing Sankatan, a 
practical speaking, since Krishna, Kirtana, Garanathana, chanting and dancing. Uh, so I make friends of people for me. And this is Gopi Bhava. They were absorbed in the mood of the gopis. But their activities were manifest in Kirtana and dancing and study of the Shastra, but what to establish religious principles, which is why now we have our book distribution marathon. Why this is Gopi Bhava? Distributing transcendental knowledge for the benefit of everybody. Right? So, this is the real purpose of the human form of life. So, if we're making spiritual advancement, we want to know what we'll be doing in the next life. Well, we'll be going on sanitizing. You know, I mentioned this before, sometimes people criticize the Hare Krishna. Oh, if you become a Hare Krishna, they'll just make you go and sell books. But this is not mundane, you know, sales. It's transcendental distribution of uh, knowledge. And not just any old knowledge, you know. Um, A multiplied by B equals C. Or whatever, right? Not just some material mundane, but this is pure existence. The devotees are selling an opportunity to regain one's pure spiritual identity. Real, real benefit. So this is our future. <laughs> this is the future. The future is now, <laughs> actually. Because yeah. it is. So, Thank you. 
because that's our that's that's my love, that's our that's a spiritual experience. So um, Prabhupada mentions in the Bhagavad Gita that as soon as we realize the importance of spiritual life, then we should embrace it wholeheartedly. And don't worry too much about what's happened in the past. Right? We, Krishna is Hari, he can take it away. The ocean of material suffering for a devotee who surrendered to Krishna can become can shrink to the amount of water that's in the footprint of a calf. So you know the material, even though it appears insurmountable and, and impossible, which it is, uh, by the mercy of Krishna, it can be you know just shrunk to insignificance. So we don't need to worry too much about the past. Focus on on the present, and the present is and not worry about the future. This is this is Bhaktivinoda's this you know recommendation. Don't dwell in the past or in a future dream about, but live in the present, and that means engaging in the devotional spiritual activities. So that will become the future. Right? Because as I mentioned before, human form of life gives us an opportunity to make the break, to change, and to make progress. And that's why we do the, the purification of the external and the internal, to purify the inter- to purify the heart effectively. That's what we're doing by chanting Hare Krishna. Chaito Gatna Marjanam Baba Tavagni Nirvakaram, isn't it? We want to extinguish the fire of material existence from the heart. And that's that lust effectively, calm. And the Chaito Gatna Krishna, it cleanses. Sarvatna Saparam, right? It's the purification, it's the bath for everyone, basically, the purification of the heart. So that's what we're doing. And then that's what we'll be in the future. So we can change from gross material to subtle spiritual. Or actually, spiritual is even beyond subtle, actually. Mahatmaji, you you tell a very important point absorption. Absorption of Krishna Lotuski. Yes. Ananya Sintentumam, Vijana Parabasi, Tesham, Vijana, Yokshemu Brahma. I take care of everything, Yokshemu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what they have. Yeah, if you observe yourself. Yeah, good point. Then you can. Good example. Everything will be taken care of. Yes. Both spiritual and the material. Yeah. So that strong faith and determination. Mm-hmm. Yes.
thank you, Guru. Um, well, I've been recently listening to classes from Ridayananda Maharaj, who in many years ago um, when Sri Prabhupada left us at Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 13, um, Ridayananda Maharaj and team, including Gopi Dharma and Guruda took up the translation, the completion of Sulpapa's project. And today, when Rudana Maharaj's classes, he will often refer to the Sanskrit dictionary to um, look at all the how Sulpapa translated and how to continue his mood. So often when I'm hearing about the time, I'm looking at glossary from Vedas. So um, the first line, Bhagavan Narayana Kala, time can also be translated apparently as death. Death. So, so you were mentioning that um, yeah. uh, just as spring, current, the current spring season demonstrates um, past spring seasons, and that reflects our previous births, so that the translation can uh, um, complement what you have said. What? That last week? Kala? Kala. Kala. We often think of time yeah. as being present, and, and the good sense is that Akinod says we should be but Kala can also, to us personally, as spirit souls who are transmigrating through body after body, uh, time is also deep time. And as you said, we may have remnants of our past lives in this life. In that sense, Kala also represents the passage of death after death after death. That's one moment. I'll bring that with you. Can you yes. paraphrase what Mataji is saying? This paraphrase, I didn't follow. Paraphrase. Um, ooh. Mm. Oh. Uh, she mentioned that time can also be, according to Sri Prabhupada's translation, and application of time, it means, and Vidadanaharaj's uh, following Prabhupada's footsteps, time means death. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, time is death. It's, well, just, it's just not a, a superficial, our experience of time is not superficial as we go through our day. It's yes. also deep because life after life we're experiencing death. Okay. Yes, well, death, yep, it's gone. That last thing is now no longer with us and we're in the next one. Okay. And the future doesn't exist either. Hmm. Although we are creating it. <laughs> that's the, that's the, 
dilemma. If you like, the existential dilemma of existence. What, what, what is time? Krishna. Yeah. It's the person of time. Yeah. Okay, I think we should finish at this point. Don't you ask me about what we've done?